Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Our scripture tonight, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 3. Verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children, and to live a life of love. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, live a life of love. That's verse 1 and 2. Verse 3 says, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. I remember in verse 1 it says, Live a life of love. So obviously, you know, Paul knew you was going to get this thing confused one time. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, live a life of love. Verse 1 and 2. And then he knew we're going to mess this thing up. We're going to misunderstand. Because we all want to live a life of love. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. Not a hint. Or of any kind of impurity or of greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. Live a life of love. Next verse below this says, Nor should there be any um, uh, foolish talk or inappropriate talk or obscenity. For these are not fitting. For there's no place for this. Live a life of love. Verse 1. But there must not be a hint of sexual immorality. Nor obscenity. Coarse joking. Um... It's amazing how we try to pull romance into the gospel. Even though in the book of Genesis it says that we are to multiply, that we are to increase in numbers and rule over the earth. But all of that is supposed to be with absolute purity. First, let me speak a little bit about the animal kingdom. Let's talk about cows. Yes, cows. Today we have sex education in school. I'm not sure what that purpose is. Uh, in today's time, we have sexual education in school. You know, when you get old enough, you get smart enough to figure out what kind of gender you are. As if that's not plain. Uh, that should be right there with ABCs, shouldn't it? ABC. 
A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Mm-hmm. Gender should be right there, I believe. I never saw that problem on the farm when I was growing up, you know. But I would admit most of my sexual education came from watching the animals. So let me talk about what I know. <laughs> All right. First thing, in case you're not aware of this, on the subject matter of cows, there is basically two types of cows. There's your dairy cows, which... Um, they, they produce milk that we would get from the uh, grocery store, either in a bottle or powder form or something like that. So they're dairy cows. Uh, one of the most popular breeds probably would be the, the Holstein, which is black and white. Uh, sometimes you have a jersey, which is a yellow color. There's a brown Swiss. There's a, a few breeds that that uh, lend themselves to that. They're usually they're usually a little bit more um, taller and, and thinner, but they produce a lot of milk. And then you have the cows that are strictly... Now, the dairy cows are for reproduction and for milk products. Generally, you don't eat those cows. You just drink the milk. And then you have your beef cows, which um, you would have like Angus, which are solid black cows. You would have white face, which is usually like a red cow with a white face. And those cows are used for, um, they're used for reproduction and for beef. That's their primary use. So both has to do with reproduction. One is for the production of milk. The other one is for the production of beef. Now, um, this is not a livestock message tonight, but it, it's something that's kind of interesting. As far as relationships between the male gender, who is not confused, and the female gender, who is not confused. Um, as a general rule, you do not put the bull, which is the male version, with the female all year long. A few farmers will. Usually if they have smaller farms, they'll do that. But for the most part, it's not very productive, either for the dairy cows or for the beef cows. First thing, the the whole cycle, everything gets off. The dairy cows, it's important to let them have their calves and then go back to producing milk. Beef cows is not so much so, but the, the thing that, that you realize are the things, you can actually Google this and find this information out. Usually when you have bulls in with the ladies all year round, they tend to be more fights and things that goes on like that. Uh, it's just distractions. Things are not very productive. It's usually better to let the bulls visit the ladies for a little season and then put them in a separate pen. 
because otherwise you get into inbreeding and all kinds of strange stuff and a lot of uh, um, dating games and all kinds of things like that because it gets very competitive, all that stuff. Obviously, with the the dairy cows, you know, it, it, it messes up the whole cycle of things. And so, as a general rule, most ranchers or farmers would keep their bulls away from the cows except for, you know, once a year um, because of the dysfunction. Now, the reason I bring this subject up is I want to talk about staying on the right side of the fence. Mm. In fact, that's the title of the message tonight, staying on the right side of the fence. I don't mean close to the fence, but staying on your side of the fence. Yeah. You know, let the females do their things and let the males do their thing. Stay on the right side of the fence. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that, you know, that we um, should, um, I'm not talking about a separation uh, as you might consider with cows. The separation I'm talking about is the separation from sexuality, which gets very immoral very quickly because anytime sexuality becomes the focus, it becomes immoral because it's more important than God. It's more important than life and your purpose in life. So it, it, it takes over the direction that you have in life. Um, you know, if you go back and look in the Old Testament when Gideon was going to war, many of the people he sent home, it was because of sexuality, you know those who had been married a short time, different things like that. And so he began to send them home because of, of some of that aspect. The thing is, is, is when, when you're not staying on your side of the fence sexually, that means there's this desire in you that's, that's, that's motivating you. And the next verse starts talking about uh, um, obscenity, uh, impure, uh, inappropriate jokes, foolish language, all these things. And so you realize that that desire in you affects your, your terminology. And it begins to affect your relationship with God and your relationship with whatever purpose that you have in this life to fulfill. Now, some of us, we might, we might stay on our side of the fence, but we... You know, we on one side of the fence and the lady or the bulls on the other side, so we're just very close, you know, and so we, we kind of play around. That's where the coarse joking and stuff comes in. We ain't really got over on the other side of the fence yet, uh, especially as Christians. We, well, sometimes we find a, uh, a broken place in the fence and we cross over, but most time we just kind of stay real close to the edge of the fence and that's where we have our foolish talk and that's where we have our, our little feelings and our little thoughts that we always get in prayer for. Listen, you can't go to a bar every day and ask God to deliver you from drinking. Uh, at some point, that's just stupid. 
And you can't be rubbing the fence sexually. You can't be rubbing the fence and thinking about it and looking and watching and, and your, your, your words and your terminology are sexually oriented. You might call it romantic, but it says not a hint. So <clears throat> a hint of sexual immorality, or King James would use fornication, a hint of that would be romantic or, or flirting. That's the hint. You, you can begin to see that, that hint. Uh, I have told this story a few times. When I, first, when I first got saved and I started going to the church for really the first time in my life, um, I was zealous for God. And anything that had to do with God, you could count me in. So I was like, I wasn't like Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night. I was like all the time. So, you know. So there was a few people at the church that I was going to, and they loved, they loved uh, southern gospel music. So, all right. So they'd, talk, they'd go to these singings and things with gospel music. Not much preaching, but gospel music. Hey, I'm in for it. Anything that's got to do with God, I'm ready to go. And, and there was an older guy that was there, and um, he, was, he was always very respectful. Uh, he was never out of line. But he often say, he would often, I catch him saying this, um, he would say, that's a beautiful woman in the Lord, or that woman's very attractive in the Lord. He would say stuff, stuff like that. And me, I'm new, so I ain't got much discernment, but something sounded really odd about this, you know. You know, uh, or he would say, that's a very attractive Christian. Or, or he, he'd say terms like, and this thing irritated me, and I can't figure out, because I had discernment, I just, I mean, I was kind of like, I was a baby, so I spoke in tongues, I guess. I mean, I had discernment, but it was in tongues. And so I didn't have the clear interpretation of what was going on because he just said this way too much. You know, for example, usually we'd, maybe we'd go out to eat, and it usually was a car full of us. We'd go out to eat, and we'd go to a singing or something, and we'd go out to eat again, and we'd come home, but Almost every time that we would go out, he's going to say that about three or four times. He's going to see somebody and make that statement. Yeah. And, and he was a married man. He had several children. As far as I know, he was faithful to them. And in all honesty, I don't know if he knew. I think he thought that was, I think it's like he knew that, okay, he had to change from his old ways. But he couldn't quite get the revelation that, you know, Maybe all this attraction and stuff is not even appropriate at all. It took me, I mean, that place in my life came and gone. It was only later when I began to have more discernment, I began to realize what that was. Um, and the Lord was trying to tell me, that's, there's something there. More and more, I realized that when you don't stay on your side of the fence, when I stay on your side of the fence, I don't mean six inches away. I mean, 
Over on your side of the farm. <laughs> Again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not promoting this thing, men on one side and women on the other. Just the fact that you put men on one side and women on the other, to me, I mean, I understand churches that would do that. I'm okay with it, but to me, it says, hey, this is too big a problem for you, for you to want to do that. For you to literally put a fence down the middle and say men on one side, women on the other side, even if you're married. No, 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 that, that, that's, that's too much attention. Because the Bible says there's neither male nor female. No, no, there's a, there's a problem. Because you're saying you have, a, you have a problem, so we have to fence you off because you have these romantic demons that you can't control. You know. <laughs> or I think, I think even with Muslims, they, that's not even in the same room, I don't think. I mean, I've never been to... I've never been to... Uh, a Muslim service, but I don't think they're even in the same room, you know. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, some synagogues are like that, I believe. I don't know if they have more modern ones. I don't know. I'm talking about something I don't really know about. I know a little bit about it, but I know some synagogues or some gatherings with, um, with Jews there in one area. And the women are... So I understand that whole thing of staying on your side of the fence. But I would hope that we have matured enough that we don't have to do that, but stay on your side of sexuality. You know, you shouldn't be arousing yourself with these kind of thoughts and flirting all day long. And what you don't realize is you keep desires and things stirring in your body. You say, well, I ain't doing anything. Well, I just, I just plan. I just joking. But, but see, there's some gratification to that desire. It says if we are led by the Spirit, we do not gratify the desires of the flesh. So when you're flirting and, and you know, touching and all these things, you're gratifying that. You know, I, I think whenever we start to realize, hey, a woman came in the room, because I believe the scripture says, in the Lord, there's neither male nor female. In the flesh, there is male and female. Yeah. Um, but in the spirit, there is neither. Now, it says, look at older women as mothers and younger women as sisters and vice versa. I understand the beauty and the purity of that, provided you could do that. Because I'm sure there's some brothers that might be checking out their sisters and vice versa. But I understand the purity of, of what is meant in that statement. And, and, and maybe I'm sure I'm talking to someone tonight that you don't have that kind of control. But I want you to know there is that kind of control once you learn to stay off the fence. Now, I'm hoping you're not one that finds broken places in the fence and cross over. But I'm talking to, the, to you who like to ride the fence. You just, you just, you, you're right there next to the fence. You're rubbing the fence back and forth, you know, rather than getting over on your side of the farm. 
as a male or as a female. Now, the thing is, when you get on your side of the farm as a male or a female, you, it doesn't even occur to you that you are a male or a female. You ever realize the only time you realize you're a male or a female is when you see the opposite gender? Or these days, I'll talk about that one later. Uh, Or, for those of you that are on the other side of the farm, but, but in the trees. You know, you, you, you really, it's not to your attention that you're male or female until you get to think about, you know, those cows over on the other side of the fence. You know, maybe you got one of them in your mind. Or maybe you just got a generic cow in your mind. But, but you begin to think about that. And the thing is, the thing is, I think as Christians, we don't realize what that hint means. And it's not that God has got us under such a microscope. But truth is always microscopic. Truth is always truth. And we don't realize that walking that fence, we don't realize how much that is occupying our spirit. Now, of course, tonight we're talking about sexuality. The same can be true of food. You know, I've seen people that eat breakfast, they think about lunch. They eat lunch, they think about dinner. There's a cycle. Yes, if you ain't careful, they're dreaming about it. And it's, it's a waste of life. You, you don't have that much life and you're wasting it. Anything can consume your life. But we're talking about sexuality tonight and walking that fence, you know. And by the way, I believe this is a hindrance of um, long life as well. Um, because you're, you're gratifying this desire and you're not even satisfying the desire. You're just gratifying it. So you stay gratified all the time. At least the heathens are crossing the fence. And, you know, the bulls are chasing them back with shotguns and what have you. Um, you know. But what you do is worse, and it's harmful to your body. You just you walk in that fence, and you're you're gratifying that desire, but you're not satisfying it. So you're like you're like a a man in the desert for three days, and ain't had no water. See, that is not healthy for your body. Now I know there's some people today that believe. That you, you must have sexual releases. I do not agree with that doctrine. Because I have not found that doctrine in the Bible. But maybe you wouldn't have to have such sexual releases if you didn't walk the fence all the time. Maybe there would not be such a need for that. Now, I understand to walk the fence all the time and, 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 to, uh, and to stir that lust up in your body all the time. 
I understand that's not healthy. I understand that that might need a release, I think, in the form of a deliverance, but, you know, uh, you know, you know. But the better answer is quit walking the fence. Get on your side of the farm when it comes to sexuality. And this is true. Listen, this is true even if you're married. Now, the Bible says it's better to, burn, it's better to marry than to burn. I don't, I don't think that means, I think that means not only sexuality, but I'm, I think that means in the terms of relationship-wise and everything. That is not a scripture to cover up a demon of lust. Yes. And I don't care what nobody says. If you've got to have sex every night or almost every night, listen. You're the same person that's got to come home and get a drink of water, a drink of wine, or what have you. But that's, that's an addiction. You may say it's not. You may say you're just sexually healthy. You mean sexually healthy. There's no difference than the person that comes home. Um, I used to have a friend in architecture. He'd go home every night and drink a six-pack. He was married. He had children. He'd go home, drink his six-pack, watch TV, play with his trains. He had model trains kind of run around on track. He did that for years. But what did it rob him of is another question. Um, so, you know, when, you, when, you just, when you're just stirring that up and you're, you're not really gratifying it or you, you're trying to gratify that desire all the time, Listen, your focus, your energy is going to be spent in that. It's going to be spent in that. Hmm? Yes? Um, anytime your focus is romantic pursuits and thoughts take energy, which is another name for spirit. Huh? When you have that, then you don't have the heart to get in the Word and to get revelation. You don't have the heart to pray. Uh, you say, well, I just need to relax myself. But, but if you realize, you know, with, the, with what you're watching, there's some soft porn there, you know. Christians like soft porn. They don't like the hard porn, for the most part. <laughs> and so you, you're living for the highlights. Yes? It's like fishing in a pond that's 15 acres and there are only three fish in the pond. You, you, you're trying to catch that highlight. And this is, a, this, is a, this is this thing that's going in your system all the time. If you're single, you're, you're thinking about, well, when I get married, when I get married. Don't you realize you're just stirring up that, that desire? You just walk in the fence. And if you're married and you're thinking about that all the time or you, you, you're watching shows that relate to that or a lot of the posts that you're watching, you know, if you're, you know, when you go to YouTube, you know, it usually kicks up the type of, of uh, um, videos that you've been watching 
And when half of those videos has to do with the opposite gender, yes, YouTube is going to tell on you. See, your computer will tell on you by your habits. Because your computer detects. And it says, oh, this is a lustful person. And it knows whether or not if you like the female or the male. It doesn't matter if you're female or male. It knows which one you like. And so it's going to begin to shoot articles to you. And videos to you. That would gratify that desire within you. Hmm. See, this is the thing. And, and you know, it's, it's amazing how YouTube predicts your very life. You let me see your YouTube. Uh, your Facebook too, but, but Facebook would be defined by your friends. Same principle, but YouTube, YouTube, listen. You know, in heaven, it says books will be open. Uh, you don't really need books to be open. All we need to do is get to your YouTube. Because your YouTube is going to prophesy heaven or hell. Because YouTube, see, it, it, it monitors you to where your thoughts are at the most. And so you go on YouTube, and I know some of you will scroll through till you ain't got nothing else left to watch, and or, or you know, or maybe you'll click on one and then keep clicking on some that are, they throw at you, but you don't realize, you know, there's a computer watching you. They know what you like, and so they keep throwing these videos at you, and before long, your whole life is right there. I know what you're about just by your YouTube. Them angels ain't going to have to open the book. All they got to do is look at your YouTube. What does your YouTube say about you? Because yeah. you don't have any millions and billions of, of videos that is, that is put up every day. Isn't it amazing that you always get the same type? Huh? You know how many videos are put ever, up every day? Billions. I would say billions. Lots, millions and millions put up every day. 10,000 times 10,000 put up every day. And you say, well, I got nothing to watch. Because, you know, your profile, you have been profiled by hell and by heaven. Is right there. And you gratify this desire bit by bit. You don't, you don't satisfy it. You just gratify it. You walk the fence. You don't get on your side of the farm. You walk the fence. As a single person, you walk the fence. And you just, you're just watching the, the, you're watching the cows or the bulls on the other side, whatever your taste might be. You're just watching that. But you're walking that fence. You ain't getting over on your side of the farm and eating some green grass. You eating something else. Huh? No wonder your stomach's acting up because you just eating some blades of grass and watching all at the same time. And, you know, this is not just a clever little message tonight. I'm very serious about this. It consumes you. 
because you, you don't satisfy that desire. You're just gratifying it bit by bit. And it's, it's keeping your body in, in uh, it's keeping your body in overload. It's like running an air conditioner in your car when you're driving out in the desert. It's just, it's just keeping your whole system. So first thing is, you're not going to be very healthy. And the second thing is, um, you're not going to see anything new in life. Because that's your focus. One of the fears in the world today is, is one world order. So we're afraid of this one world order. Um, all the nations coming together and ruling the whole world, which is a form of unity. I really, I don't buy that one world order too much. That actually might be beneficial. Um, the, this is the one world order. You know what the one world order is? Jesus talked about it. He says, and the two shall become one. See, that's one world order. When the two become one. That's one world order. That's the one you should worry about. That one world order. Now, granted, we might see that on a more global scale. But I think even on a more global scale, we're never going to see... A, uh, we're never going to come to a conclusion when we see an exit of religion. What we're going to come to is everybody has to accept everybody's religion. At least anytime soon. But this one world order, see, this thing scares me. Because, see, when you do, you know, when you do find that opposite person on the other side of the fence... See, you, you don't cross over just for mating season. You, you see, you're like a bull running with the cows all year long. And they actually say that that, that bull that runs with the cows, you know, if it's, if it's just him over there, that he gets kind of feminine-y. Uh, feminine. <laughs> so it's not even healthy for the bull to hang out with the ladies all the time. Um, and, and then you have the whole thing of uh, of um, of um, interbreeding and that type of thing. So it, it's not healthy. So in this one world order, you jump over the fence, or they jump over the fence, and you you're there with each other all the time, and you just focus in on the two of you and your own little world. You're not focusing on the goodness of humanity. You're focusing on the two of you, right? And so you have this one world order. Yes, you, you make some, a few little offsprings maybe and things like that. And you work and you do these things. But everything you do is to get back to this mating season or the practice thereof. Everything is about this. You go on vacation and you, you, you stop at a, a motel or a hotel 
We want a king-size bed. See, one world order. And the, the strange thing about that one world order is it's always about self-reproduction. And it's always about self. And it's always about the two of you. And we think that's healthy. It's not about what is good. It's not about purpose of life. Paul says, you know, if you're single, then your devotion is unto the Lord. But when you get married, your devotion is divided. Now, we know we, you know, we know we got to have some mating or us preachers, we don't have nobody to save. We run out of people to save. We understand that. But this, this walk in the fence all the time or this, this whole thing of, of the bull staying with the cow 24-7, 365, that whole focus there of that being one, see, that keeps you from your purpose. And many times what, we, what we'd like to do to protect that is we say that, you know, we both have the same purpose. And, and then that's not necessarily true. We, we each have a working aspect in the kingdom of God. Uh, and Paul says, you know, that we shouldn't deny each other except for mutual uh, consent. So Paul's saying, Paul's saying it's a wonderful ideal to fast from romance even if you're married. And he also says that, you know, if you are married, live as if though you're not. Now, why does Paul say live as if though you're not? Because the concern is this one world order. And this one world order is nothing but mating. Yes? Whether we curl up on the couch and one thing leads to another or we're going to lead to something else when the little offsprings fall out and go to bed, what have you, we still focus in on this one world order. And so that's the, whole, that's the whole focus. And many times the programs that we watch, it, it emphasizes one world order. Paul says if you're married, live as if though you're not. He says the body is not meant for sexual immorality, nor is the body meant, the body is meant for the Lord. But you walk in the fence. I mean, we're ridiculous. We're in one world order. We curled up on the couch watching one world order on our TV. Or even was worse, after we put the kitties to bed, we're in our one world order watching porn or soft porn of two other cows and a bull or two cows and a bull, whatever this ratio is to male to female or if there's any ratio at all we, we, we focus on that and, and, and it's of the subject you can't never have a one movie without some walk in the fence even cartoons walk in the fence I don't think I'm picking on present day TV even, you know, even in the past, we had Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. We had Popeye and Olive Oil. We've always had this one world order. 
strangely enough, Bugs Bunny was kind of a transgender because a lot of times he dressed up as a woman, but I think he was a male rabbit, but I'm not sure. <laughs> That's just something to think about or not think about. Y'all didn't know Bugs Bunny? A lot of times he dressed up as a woman, you know. Yes, seriously. So, I don't know if that's something you want to think about or not think about. So, you know, and I know this is, this is a, a, a touchy subject, and I understand, I, understand some, I understand the whole LGBTQ thing. I understand that sometimes people feel like that's who they are, and they're under so much pressure inside their bodies to do this. It's just like a cannibal. And I'm not necessarily referring LGBTQ to a cannibal, but it's just you have these feelings and you and sooner or later you get tired of fighting the feelings, so you go with the feelings. And you say people are judging you otherwise. But I'm not even talking about the right and the wrong of it, but I'm talking about being consumed with this thing. I've been being consumed with walking this fence of focus, focusing on sexual immorality. And this is the thing about sexual immorality. The church is in an uproar over LGBTQ, but God's been in an uproar over fornication for a long time. God's been in an uproar before he ever died on the cross. He says, if you look over the fence... at a cow that does not belong to you. You have committed adultery. So, so, so if you're gay or homosexual, you say, well, I like this message. I'm on my side of the fence. No, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the, the, I'm talking about on your side of fence from sexuality. On your side of the fence is sexuality. And if you're on your side of the fence and you're being all macho because you think your genders are outstanding, no, there's something wrong with your brain. That's all you're thinking about? Uh, so you own your side of the fence? And even when you're over in the pasture a little bit, you're thinking about the gender that you are or the gender you want to be or the gender you want to be with? Well, let's just say you're thinking about the gender that you are. Something wrong with your brain. Uh, you're gratifying that desire. A desire that, I mean, the whole sexuality thing, the thing was for, for reproduction. It's for, it's for making offsprings, for making children. It's not a career move. It's to create life. Yes? And although I know some guys think they're trying to make sure the world stay populated, no, that's not love. That's not love. That's abuse. And I don't know when we're going to start to say some things are abuse. Hmm. Now, I know a long time ago we might have had 10, 12, 13 children. 
But in this day and time, and as lazy as people are, I think when you start to have over six children, at some point or another, we need to call abuse. Hmm? Because you don't like taking care of the one. At what point do we call abuse? I mean, there was a time, I think China lifted that. There was a time when you could only have one child or something like that. I think they lifted that. But at some point, we need to say this is abuse. At some point, we need to say, listen, there's no way you can be a father to 13 children. And especially when forums with this cow, forums with that cow, and not to mention the little calves and the little bulls you got running around that ain't got no tag around their neck. That's abuse. Huh? Yes. I think there's some people that need to be gathered up and castrated. Make steers out of them. That means snip, snip if you don't know what a sneer is. Steer it. Uh, let me tell you something else about beef cows. A lot of beef cows, they will use what used to be the male version. A lot of times they do not use the female version because she can reproduce. But then you would have all these, you know, unlike China that preferred male children, you know, the beef farmers, they like the females because they can breed and produce uh, uh, offsprings. The dairy cows, they just produce milk. Again, the female is the preferred version. You don't have to have that many males. You know, one per 30, 30 or something like that. Yes, that's a Muslim's paradise, isn't it? Um, and, and, and by the way, did you know, this is an interesting thing about cows. So they say, I don't know how true this is, they say that a bull will only mate with a cow one time, and after that, she's an old cow. And that uh, one article said he had rather end up as a patty on a McDonald's burger than touch her again. Now, I don't know if that is true or not, right? So, so this is a, a bit of a paradise. You know, maybe in your next life, you can come back as a, a bull. But, but let, me, let, me, let, me, let me show you how real this is in the animal kingdom. Now, with your beef cows, generally the beef that you eat, a lot of times the beef that you eat, not all the ways, but a lot of times the beef that you eat is what used to be the male. Now, the, the female, the, if I, you can Google it and find out all the facts yourself. In fact, if I've misquoted something, but the best I can remember, being back on the farm. Uh, so they would have reproducing value, and so you would keep them for a while. But the males, they would keep a few of the males to, for breeding purposes, but the other ones, they snip-snip, they made steers out of them. Yes? And 
if I'm not mistaken, the reason they do that is that testosterone in the in the bull affects the taste of the meat. In general, in general, the same is true with pigs and chickens. You know, that's why a lot of times with chickens, they don't like to eat the roosters so much because of that. It affects, and the revelation, the point I'm trying to get here is this point, is that, gratifies, uh, that gratifying, that desire gets all in your body. It consumes your body. Now, this is true for the female too. That gets, that gets all in your body. So, not only does it, does it affect the taste of the flesh, Yes, I, I don't even know if you, if, if you would like to walk that fence. I'm not even sure a cannibal would eat you. <laughs> or they might snip, snip and uh, let you graze for a while and then they eat you. Get that, get that uh, tester or they get that taste out of your, your flesh. But I want you to go deeper with this subject. I want you to understand that that, that desire is all in your system. And that hint is robbing you from the prosperity that you would like to have in God and the things that you would like to do for God. But you say because you're on your side of the fence that you're not lusting. You say because you're on your side of the fence and you, and you eyeing the bulls on the other side to see which bull you want to take home to mama. You say you ain't lusting. Don't you know that desire is destroying your body? And that desire, huh? What a man desireth, he will find, you know. Yeah. Your YouTube tells you what you desire. Now, in time, if you begin to search or you begin to predict begin to pick certain videos on your YouTube, you will realize your whole YouTube uh, choices have changed. Maybe if you watch something for a season, you realize there was a lot of stuff about that. So if you like racism, you know, you watch a few racism, race issue videos, and next thing you know, it's like the whole world is racial because that's what they send you. If you like uh, Democrats, if you like Republicans, right, whatever it is you like, if you like LGBTQ, next thing you know, the, the whole world's becoming LGBTQ because it's according to your world, your tube, that's what you see. So you're consumed with that. The same way is true because many times you, you make excuses you know, maybe maybe you do stay away from masturbation. Maybe you stay. Maybe you. But but in some ways, what you're doing is far worse because you walk in the fence, huh? and it's affecting your whole life. It's affecting your direction because you can't even listen. When you walk in the fence, looking over the fence, you can't even see where you're going. Yeah. 
Now, when I was a young boy on the farm and we had horses, we would have uh, ha- uh, bridles on horses. And all these bridles on horses used to have this eye shield thing on each side. Now, sometimes you'd have just a bridle and it didn't have it. But, but a lot of times the bridles, they had these eye shields. And, and, that's, so, and that's so the horses, when they're, when they're working... You know, if they're plowing, they don't get distracted and step on the crops. Or if you're going down the road, they don't get distracted and run off in the ditch because they're blind with lust. So you put these blinders that's, that's built onto the bridle of the horse. You just Google it and you'll see these, they're blinders here. But that's to keep the horse's eye from wandering. Yeah. Sometimes I think we should have some of these in church. Just slip them over the men's head and the women's head when they come to church one time just slip it over so they can't look too far to the left and too far to the right you know and the thing is we think we're so far removed from the animal kingdom but we're really not this thing that you're doing walking the fence it's not good you know First of all, it's a hint of sexual immorality. First of all, you're gratifying the desire, but you're never satisfying the desire. What do you think that does to your body? What if you wanted something 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 12 months a year, 365, and you never get it satisfied? What, what does that heat and that desire, how does that run your body down? How does it wear your body out? Because you're consumed with that. Huh? And the same thing is true if, you, if, you're, if you're married. I mean, you're at work and you're thinking about your wife? Are you thinking about your husband? I pray you don't have a dangerous job. That's your thought? And don't even talk to me about marriage if that's the honest thing you know in your relationship. You say, well, the sex is great. Don't even call that a marriage. That's not a marriage. That's that's not a marriage. That's a sports. That's... And, and let's just say, let's just say, if you're part of the LGBTQ, I don't know if you call that a family or not. I don't think that's a family because if there's not going to be any more, uh, unless you're just dairy cows. Uh, but there's something wrong when you got to convince yourself all day long that you're somebody else. No, 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 no. And if I'm talking to anyone tonight, and you have that persuasion, I am not judging you. Don't think I'm judging you. I pray I ain't offended you yet. This is my view in the Lord. And I surely ain't judging you. Because I understand how you could think like that. And I can understand you just sooner or later, you just give into it. You say, well, this is who I am. I understand all that, but that still don't make it right. 
And it, it is so much, it's not so much about whether or not you're going to heaven or hell. It's about what you do with your life. It's about how's it going to affect your life. And that's the same way the heterosexual. You know, the church wants to stand up and say God is appalled to the LGBTQ, but God was appalled to all this adultery in this 2,000 years ago before he died on the cross. He's appalled to all this sexual immorality. He's appalled to it. He had an issue to it a long time ago. Huh? You know, I, I think us heterosexual Christian indoctrinated uh, gurus, I think we like having the LGBTQs around. You know why? Because we say, we say they the bad ones. See, And then we never get to the hint. Because we're always talking about the obvious. We never get to the hint. Huh? We never get to the hint. And even if you are LGBTQ, and you ain't thinking about that all the time, it's just once every three months or six months, you may be more productive in your life than the heterosexual that's thinking about his heterosexualness day in, day out, walking the fence. See, I, I, I learned something, you know, with, with dogs. Dogs are strange creatures. You put them outside, they're going to make a path all the way around your house. Don't blame it on the rainwater. It's not the rain coming off the roof, even if you don't have gutters. Read that path is there. Now, th this is the way. I never thought about that to now. Here's a revelation. You might want to write this down. It has to do, this is a revelation whether or not if you've got a good dog or a bad dog. Right? All right. Make sure you write this down. Let's say you have a house and you have a fence around your house. Right? All right. This is where you tell a good dog from a bad dog. A good dog is going to wear a path around your house, close to the house, because he wants to get in where you're at. A bad dog is going to wear a path out by the fence because he wants to get out. And you say, I never have no revelation. See, there's a good one right there. Right? So if you have a house and a fence, and you have a dog, and you want to know if it's a good dog or a bad dog, I guess the same would be true of kids too, you know. You know, if they're good, they walk in circles around you. Yeah. So if you have a child in the house... And they're just walking around you, you know, holding on to your apron. All right, you, you, you okay now. But when you see that child walking around on the outside of the house next to the windows, that means that child trying to get out. <laughs> hey, the things we learn in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see that teenager hanging out around the window. All right, but watch out now. Now, when they're hanging out around you, that means they want money. But when they're hanging out around that window, that means they got money. See, you might want to check your wallet. They may have already, they may have already made an ATM or a mom, mom or dad a withdrawal without you knowing about it. When you walk in this fence, you're gratifying that desire, but you're never satisfying it. No wonder you don't have no energy. 
you want to drink your energy drinks and you want to drink things that will give you energy. But the real problem is all this lust in your body. That's why you don't have no energy. Now, if this was another message, we would talk about anything that you're lustful after because it does include greed up here. Uh, that could be money or anything else. But tonight we're just talking about sexuality. Sexuality will drain you. And so you, you, you walk the fence and you flirt a little bit or you, you touch a little bit and you think a little bit and you, you know, uh, you know, you're watching people walk off. Why are you watching people walk off for? Um, you know, and you're, you're, you're noticing everything and uh, you notice what the secretary is wearing every day. Huh? Or, or maybe it's, it's the male person, you, you think, ooh, I like that shirt on you. But you have another shirt I like better. Hello, it's a shirt. <laughs> you know. Now, now you, may, you may not get no further than the shirt. Yes, you may not get no further than the shirt. If I find out you like it too much, I'm going to gift wrap it and give it to you. You may not get no further than the shirt, so you, you, think, you think your eyes is just for fashion. That's what you call your lust, fashion. Uh. Yeah, but, but, you know, your brother with the landslides, you know, he has the same shirt and you don't like that shirt. Because you walk in the fence. You're not on your side of the farm. And when I'm saying that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, sometimes it does mean staying away from the cows or the bulls. I understand that. But it's staying away from the whole sexuality thing. If, you know, Paul gives this concept. He says, you know, look at older women as mother. So if you've got to look at a woman... Make sure you see the mother or your little sister. Don't see nothing else. As you ain't supposed to see nothing else, just the mother and the sister. Which, which is a beautiful concept altogether. But I think there's a step further in the scripture that says there's neither male nor female in the Lord. It shouldn't even be an issue. Am I talking to a woman or am I talking to a man? Especially if we're in a business environment, work environment, church environment. Why we, why we, why we got to check out to see, you know, check out the curves as to see if this is a male or a female? Why we got to do that? Uh, why, why, is, why is that an issue? And if we, if we hug one gender a lot different than the other gender. We got to say, well, okay, why is that going on? Now, I understand that sometimes hugs are a little different, you know. I understand that, but, but when there's this focus, I mean, when it's just drawing attention to you that this is the opposite gender, you know, it's like, it's like this, this red light goes on, 
you know, you know, gender alert, gender alert, gender alert. It's like this, you know, there's this thing going on in the, and the, uh, um, the light sensors are going off, and 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 the cameras are taking pictures, and why is all that going on? And I understand we are who we are. And I understand we are who we think we are. But that don't mean it's truth. I understand we can walk the fence and we could we could flirt a little bit. We say it's just it's just friendly. I'm just I'm just encouraging my sisters. Maybe they haven't had no manly encouragement lately. It is it is it is, it is strange, the scriptures we use to do what we want to do, you know. So we say, we, I, well, I'm just encouraging my sister or my brother until they find the bull or the cow of their choice, you know. Um, and, and, and see, and, and, and the closer you get to God, the more you sanctify your lust. But then there's these little hints that come out. And you know it's true. And, and you rush, you know, to fix it. You rush to fix it. This religious thing goes off. You know, this alert goes off. Beep, 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 beep. Unholy thought. So you rush to fix that. So it looks holy. But you know you're consumed with this. You're walking the fence of your sexual immorality, of sexuality. You walk in the fence. You know you're looking over. You're not on your side of the farm. See, if you're on your side of the farm and you're not focusing on what gender you are, then you don't miss the other gender. You miss the other gender because... You're loathing after it. If you're on your side of the farm, not focusing on gender, then you don't miss the other gender. You don't miss the cows and you don't miss the bulls because there's neither male nor female. Now, I understand that in the physical, that we are brother and sister. I understand that. And I do understand there's a little bit of difference there when we interact. I do understand that there's a little difference in the way that we speak. And, and, uh, and, and I pray a lot about that little difference. I know even, I know even with the children, you know, the small boys... And girls, you know, there's a, a different interaction with the opposite gender. But it shouldn't be so noticeable, you know. It, it shouldn't be so outstanding. I'm not sure if there should be anything there, but perhaps, maybe, I don't know. But thanks to LGBTQ, we don't have a clue what that might be anymore. Um, it, it, it shouldn't be an issue. And how can you say you're lonely unless you're thinking about gender. I mean, the bull is on his side of the farm with other bulls, and the cows are on their side of the farm with the other cows. How can you say you're lonely 
unless you're thinking about gender. I miss gender. Now I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that we should push this neither male nor female, especially not with the LGBTQ, and we be neither. I'm not saying that because that's a precept that we are to reproduce. But I don't think it should be a career. Yes. And I definitely think that when you, in this day and time, when you start to have 12, 13 children, unless there's orphans that you adopted and that's your full-time job, I think somebody needs to say abuse. Because I've seen people with 13 children and 14 children, and they say, well, I love all my children. You ain't God, and you don't have that much time. And you probably ain't paying all the bills. That's abuse. Huh? That's abuse. You, 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 you're using your testicles as to prove that you're a man of God? You can't use your testicles to prove that you're a man of God? Huh? Huh? Oh, no, 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 no. If you're a true man of God, you would take some of these young bulls, if you're a true man of God, some of these young bulls or cows, and you would nurture them because... They're mama bulls and, and, and they're daddy bulls or whatever kind of a bull. It's all bull. But whatever it is, they're off trying to reproduce some more to prove themselves. Huh? No, 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 no. So if, if, you, if you're bringing children in, okay, let's talk big family. At some point, you need to. At some point in this day and time, you need to say abuse. There was a time when you, when you had large families like that, and and the family became like a tribe. It was a one world order type of thing, and maybe there was maybe there was some understanding about that. I'm not sure about the poor females that sometimes have twenty children, but you know. But in this day and time, at some point, we need to holler abuse. Yeah, because we're not taking care of them, and we don't have all these. We don't have all these little calves and heifers, and, and we don't have all of these by the same old cow either. You know, we got a bunch of cows or a bunch of bulls. You know, and, and, and at some point you need to say that's abuse. It's abuse to bring children in, and they don't even much more know you. Or you got them living in other houses. Now, I know Jesus says he has other sheep pens, but he wasn't talking about you having other cow pens, you know. At some point, you need to quit thinking about your hormones. At some point, you need to quit thinking about your walk in the fence and think about the consequences of children that you're bringing into this life that you are not seeing to. Because one day, even if you get to stand at pearly gates for a moment, you may see your offsprings burning because they had no upbringing. Hmm? 
listen, when it comes down to truth and the judgment, God's a merciful God. And he's very compassionate and very forgiving. We know that by the thief on the cross. But that ain't got nothing to say with the fact that you threw your whole life away, walking the fence. God been merciful and compassionate enough and yanking you out of your burning flesh and bringing you into his kingdom because at last you saw the light. It doesn't fix all the people you've hurt. It doesn't fix all those little offsprings you brought about. All the bad decisions you made in your life. God forgiving you does not erase that. You did that. There's consequences. There's consequences of that. Because those consequences always affect somebody. But let's get back to the whole sexuality thing. You're gratifying the desire, but you're never satisfying it. Or maybe there's a slip now and there where you satisfy it. And those things you feel guilty about. But you don't usually feel guilty about the hints because you think, okay. And we know that, we know that whole thing of hinting, don't we? Sometimes when we're feeling to mate without mate, we just like to practice a lot for some reason. We hint to see if somebody will play with us. But as Christians, we don't want to acknowledge this lust that's operating in our flesh. It don't let us sleep. It don't let us be productive. Huh? And even as husband and wives, Paul says, live as if though you're not. Because we're not productive. We're one world order. And that one world order is about reproducing or trying to experiment or find some other country or high-rise where we can mate in. I don't want to make this sound too sinister, but as married couples, we think about going to another country. We're going to go to a beach or we're going to go here, we're going to go there, you know. Um, a few years ago, I went to Cape Town. Cape Town, I find, was a beautiful place. It's a little dangerous, but I find it's amazing if you've never been there. But it's a, it's a strange, you know, as couples, we're thinking about, okay, but do they have a king-size bed? We just go in there to mate. Huh? We're going to walk around on the beach half naked and mate. So right now, we're working real hard to save up for a vacation. Because we're tired of mating in our king-size bed. We want to mate in a king-size bed that's up on about the 15th floor in another country. Hello. The sun always sets in the west, always rises in the east, no matter where you're at in the world. Might not be towards Mecca, but it's always in the West. 
Now, I know, I know several people are going to say, wow, I, I like the message. I like the illustration about the cows and the bulls. I like that. Uh, somebody might even like the one mating policy of the bulls. I don't know if that's true, but I actually read that. Um, I didn't know that. That might explain some things that happen on the farm. <laughs> um, it's easy to justify yourself and say you have no hint. What is what is that thing that you're always trying to gratify? So you 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 tell a little coarse joke. Or let, let's just say, for example, let's say a guy always says, wow, you look nice today. That skirt looks good on you. But he's saying that every other day. Hello. I mean, is, does he have a... I mean, is there, is, there a, is there a mystery about he's supposed to be a fashion designer? And he just didn't realize that, you know, he's... He's got the cutting tools to be that? Why is he always talking about the way you dress? Now, maybe that doesn't deserve a slap. But maybe a red marker. You know. Why is he always saying that? Or why is she always saying that? Huh? Or, 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 or why? Ladies, why are you always... Touching a man. Yes? Why are you always touching a man? Huh? See, I believe in equal rights, you know. I have breasts too. They may be small, but you're always touching them. So if they're small, it don't count. So you have, you know, I can't touch, but you can touch. No, it's dotishness that's in the world. It's ignorance that's in the world. Huh? Huh? It's, it's ignorance. Huh? Or we, we almost have this rule that, that the cows can touch the bulls, but the bulls can't touch the cows. The bull just got to sit there and be patient until the cow decides to mate the bull. So when she jumps over the fence and comes after you, that's your sign. Uh, I'm talking to some cows right now. Now, this is not something I talk about all the time for obvious reasons. Be careful of ministers that like to talk about sexuality all the time. It's kind of foreplay. But this message tonight is devoted to this subject. Yes? I'm very serious. If, if you have a pastor that's always these obscure little remarks all the time, better be careful. Uh, 
Because listen, if you got lust in your body, it's going to come out in your message. If you got lust in your body, it's going to come out in some of your dance moves, even when you're in the choir. Holy, holy. That's a strange word, isn't it? Holy. One aspect, it means fulfilled. The other aspect means empty. Hmm. Some might say it's a spelling. I don't know if it's a spelling or not, but it's the way you pronounce it. You know. hmm. Holy. Means you're complete or you're empty. I think there's some worship singers that sing it and they mean the empty way. Holy, holy. I need a man before sundown. Better be careful what you sing, especially spontaneous songs, you know. See, that's why you don't have spontaneous singing in the church very much. Because you don't know what's going to come out of your mouth when you get to singing spontaneous. And by the way, that hinders a lot of preachers too. They can't be spontaneous. So I'm quite spontaneous tonight. Well, I usually am quite spontaneous. You can't be spontaneous if you don't trust what's inside of you and you know you're supposed to keep it on the right side of the fence. Or is it the left side? Whichever side. Mm. No. This, this, you're gratifying it, but you're not satisfying it. That means your body stays in this heat mode. Huh? You stay in the spirit of foreplay all the time. Uh, I mean, when you see the phone bill, it dies down a little bit. Or if somebody cuts in front of you on the highway, you forget it a little bit. But it's there, you know. Yes, it's there. Because you know, if you can't pay the electric bill, you won't be able to see what it is you like to see. It's always there. It's always there in your blood. When you pray, it's there. Now, sometimes when you pray, you, you, you say, Lord, I just, I just want a husband. I mean, that's what you say all the time. And the Lord says, I'm your husband. The Lord don't ever say he's your wife. He says, uh, he says, he always says he's your husband. And that don't mean he's gay either. That just means he's the complete partner. Hmm. He's the one that takes care of you. And before God, we're all his bride, anyway. That doesn't mean I think men should wear wedding dresses. And again, I understand if you think that's who you are, but the bottom line is one day truth is going to come out. Whether you want it to or not. And it's a terrible thing to live your whole life and it, it was just a lying feeling. No matter how true you thought it was. Here's the, here's the thing. I don't think your gender should be something that you should be proven 
24 hours a day. I don't think your gender should even be something you should be considering. I mean, how often during the day should you... I mean, I understand you might have to figure out, do I raise the toilet seat or not? I understand that one, but how many times a day is that going to take place? It's not something you should be thinking about all the time. And, and, when, you, and when you do run across the opposite gender... I mean, this is a thought? Huh? Oh, this human has nice hips. Why? This neither male or female, but you're saying, ooh, they got muscles. What has that got to do with anything in the realm of intelligence? We got to stop this walk in the fence. We got to get on our side of the farm, get on our side of sexuality, and quit thinking about it. There's more important things to do in life. There's more important things to do in life. Huh? And it's a shame that, yeah, it's a shame that everything we watch is connected with that. You know, there's been times in my life when I would say to the Lord, Lord, listen, everything you make is perfect, and I know we messed it up. But boy, I wish you had put some limitations on our ability to mess up sexuality. Because <laughs> it looked like there ain't no limits on how bad we could mess this thing up and how bad it can get and how nasty it can get. Huh? Even with the incest, and it's, it's amazing how bad we can get this thing messed up. But that was never God's intent. God's intent was to reproduce and go on with life. It was never to sit and idolize this whole thing of romance. Huh? Think about it. I know there's a selective group of people listening tonight. Yes, you're not cursed. God invited you. Don't you idolize this thing way too much? And you know there's no sex in marriage. Don't you idolize this thing way too much? Don't you think about this thing way too much? Huh? Yes. You're spending your whole life waiting to mate or to pick out a mate. Huh? Your whole focus is that. Now, I understand what your body is saying. Huh? Like some demon in there says, look over there. Look, 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 look. But you don't listen to the demons that says jump in front of the car. Well, at least nobody listening right now. <laughs> but but it, but it's because this is this is a part of nature, we think it's okay to do this and and we have this wickedness all in our bloodstream. And it's robbing you. It's robbing you. Well, as long as we call upon the Lord and do the best we can and we trust in Him. I'm not talking about that you're not going to heaven. What I'm talking about is how much of your life has been wasted on this very subject of walking the fence. 
and looking to see if anybody's watching when you jump over and jump back. And why is there so much thought? You're standing in front of the mirror saying, mirror, mirror on the wall. Am I the fairest cow of them all? <laughs> or I'm the bullish bull and... Why? We flex in our muscles and 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 checking out our curves for, for what purpose? Oh, that's gonna come sliding down, and you gonna come sliding out. So to all my fellow bulls and fellow cows tonight, listen, we call to be so much more. God breathed in us his breath that we was not only breathing beings, but we're living beings. We're called to something more than mating. Our body is meant for the Lord. The Bible says our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Huh? You really going to invite the Lord in to sit on those nasty sheets? You going to invite the Lord into that place? Now, I understand that the message might be quite convicting tonight, and I understand that you may have tried. But see, the real problem is the reason you can't get delivered is you like hanging out at the bar until you feel no more taste for alcohol. You got to get away from the fence. And when you get away from the fence, it says, hey, you might be missing something. I hear there's a new cow on the farm. I hear there's a new bull. As long as you walk that fence, there's no deliverance. There's no healing. It's just maintaining that demon that's dragging your life down. It's, it's dragging your life. It's making you unhealthy. You, you can't heat your body up like that and walk like that all the time. It's unhealthy. And you're not going to get delivered walking the fence. You've got to get away from the bar. And you've got to get over there and quit. Don't think about the opposite gender and don't think about your gender. Think about the Lord. And you will live. Be led by the Spirit. The Spirit is not going to lead you into to all these perversions and homosexuality and heterosexualness. It ain't going to lead you into all of that. Uh, so if you're struggling with LGBTQ, let's make sure we put the H in there too, heterosexual. Put all the letters, A, B, all, all the way down to Z, in case you like zebras. <laughs> so don't say I'm against LGBTQ. I'm against sexuality on the whole because our body is meant for something more than that. Our body is meant for the Lord. It's not meant for all of that. Your husband and your wife... It's not meant for all of that. Huh? And some of you preachers, you want sex every night. You need deliverance. Huh? 
And that's the only thing you see your wife or your husband for? That's the only value they have? Huh? To cook and to satisfy that, that's the only thing? Nah. Hello. Your life is a fleeting breath, you know. What's going to be said of you? Oh, yes, you went to Nigeria and preached. But you was checking out the Nigerian cows when you was over there. You didn't touch because you've been watched too much, but that didn't mean your eyes didn't touch. Huh? And you preacher, preacher man, you went to Nigeria. Huh? Which you remember the most? The message you preached? Or the ladies that was in the choir? Hmm. More importantly, the daughter of the pastor that you was visiting. Would you remember her curves? Or you remember when they found Paul on Straight Street? Uh, hello, people of God. Get away from this nonsense. Get on your side of the farm and forget if you're AC or DC. Just let it go. Let it go. There's more to life. Our body is for the Lord. Paul says, if you're married, live as if though you're not. Hmm? That wasn't just something you preach. When you're feeling the presence of God, that's a way of life to live. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Stay on your side of the fence. More importantly, stay on your side of the farm. I think that's a better title, isn't it? Stay on your side of the farm. And then forget why you own that side. And live for the Lord. And you're going to prosper in this life. You're going to live long. Hmm? You can apply the other lust to it, but tonight this is the message. Because some of you, you don't have energy. Because you're thinking about mating all the time. Huh? That takes more energy than mating. Because it's in your system all the time. Huh? You drag yourself up in the morning and you lay yourself down at night. That's all you're thinking about. Listen, if you'll get away from the fence, God will help you. God will help you. It might not be easy at first, but God will help you. It says when sin increased or when lust increased or desire increased, grace increases all the more. God wants to set you free. Yes, you can use that scripture. Look at older women as mothers and younger women as sisters. But you need to move on from there where there's neither male nor female. Hmm. That is, in the opposite gender or in your gender. That that's not an issue. It says, live a life of love. And love is pure. It's always pure. And it doesn't hint. Hmm. It doesn't hint. And we need to teach young ladies and young men 
We need to teach them what righteousness is. We don't need to be flirting with them. Even if we have no intent to mate, we don't need to be flirting with them. Because God is watching you. More importantly, your body's watching. Uh, just because you say, I ain't going to touch, don't mean you didn't touch. And it doesn't mean you're not rubbing up against that fence down through there. And you're keeping your body on fire. Just because you get married, you don't put out the fire, you know. Uh, sometimes the whole forest on fire when you get married. And then you get into strange things and you're never satisfied, are you? Uh, sexuality is like hell. It is never satisfied. It's kind of like a good meal. You've got to tell yourself when you're satisfied. You can't let the taste tell you. The Lord will help you get on your side of the farm. It's not hard. There'll be more grace. But the reason some of you Christians keep struggling, you know why you keep struggling. You walk that fence, and you're thinking about it, and you're gratifying the desire and never satisfying it. And you keep that fire stirred up in your body all the time. That's why you're not productive. That's why you can't. That's why you can't write gospel songs. That's why you can't come up with good messages. That's why you fall asleep when you read the Bible. The reason you fall asleep when you read the Bible is not because you're worldly. It's because you've been so worldly you're tired and when you see the Word of God it gives you peace and you fall asleep. Hmm. Yeah. Many years ago, the first church I ever pastored, there used to be an old deacon. He always fell asleep. He stayed awake through the offering because I think he was the one that counted the money. Um, but as soon as I started preaching, he'd fall asleep. Back then, I was young. I wasn't sure. I said, what does this man do all week that he has so much peace when I talk? <laughs> now you know. Now, you know, it's not because you're worldly. It's because that lust been wearing your body out. And when I preach, hello, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. When I preach, when I preach, it, it, it that lust jumps back and you're finally able to rest. That's why you fall asleep when I preach. And that's why you fall asleep when you're reading the Word. Because you lust. Uh... Unless, of course, you come across that scripture, he who finds a wife finds a good thing or something like that. Or, you know, if you, um, if you uh, sacrifice yourself, you get 21 virgins or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you like that scripture that's got the 10 virgins. That might keep you awake. But the rest of them, you sleep. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Jesus loves you. I love you. Listen, I just want you to live a life. I'm not coming to mess up your life. I'm coming to tell you the truth. Yes, the reason you can't get delivered, you keep walking that fence. Get over on your side of the farm and forget why you're on that side. Uh, and if, if you're really struggling with this sexuality thing and you jump in the fence a lot or maybe you tore the fence down, listen. 
If you'll turn to God tonight, He will help you. Just speak truth to you. Listen, the Lord did not come to condemn you. He come to save you. He come to help you. So if I'm exposing you a bit tonight to your own self, or maybe I expose some of your flirtatiousness or something like that, listen, I didn't come to condemn you. The Lord didn't come to condemn you. We come to help you. And not only that, that on Judgment Day you might smile a little brighter, but you might actually do something productive and something that is helpful for your fellow man in this life with what little time we have left. Amen. Oh, I love you. God loves you. I breathe a breath into your house right now. I cleanse it. Every lustful spirit. I don't need to know your name. You're going down into the pit right now. This is for any household, where any household, any car, wherever you may be. Do not make this hard. Nothing's hard for the cross. Listen, I command all of that lust, all that walk in the fence, all that bull, all that cow. I command all that animal instinct just to be gone from your body, to be gone from your house. I throw it in the pit, throw it in the pit, throw it in the pit. And glory to God, he sets you to free tonight. But I want you to do one more thing. I want you to do one more thing before you go to bed tonight. If, if you have lustful objects in your house, if you have porn in your house, if you have clothes in your house that you would not go to church in, if you have items that old boyfriends and lustful old boyfriends and girls gave you, listen, don't go to bed tonight. Get rid of those things tonight. Get rid of them tonight. I'm not speaking or the demon's going to get you. I'm just telling you, do it tonight. Do it now while you, while you have the Spirit of God. Do it now while you have me with you. Get rid of those things tonight. Get rid of them. Count them over. Listen, anybody that does not want to marry you, they're not for real. Listen, but listen, there is no marriage in heaven. Listen to me. You can be set free from this tonight. You can be set free from this tonight. The Lord didn't put you in a world and then deprive you of what's important. Everything that is important, the Lord has for you, I assure you. Yes, right now, every unclean spirit has to be removed from your house, removed from your body. Any objects that you know that you need to get rid of, listen, don't get religious with me. Don't get scared. Get them, throw them out. Get rid of them. Throw them out. Burn them. Get rid of them. Do something. Put them in a box and vow uh, diligently to get rid of them tomorrow, whatever you need to do. And God is going to set you free. And who he sets free stays free forever. Believe it and believe it and believe it in Jesus' name. Amen.